Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, presented by Manscaped and part of the Fan Sided Network. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at National Stace. You got Ryan. You can follow him at We're All Shack. Amanda is on vacation, the selfishness of her, but we hope she's having fun. We brought in a September call-up. He's new to our team, and we wanted to, to get him uh, acquainted to you heaters and, and to the Nationals fan base. He's been publishing some art- articles on, on our site, and he is actually not a part of Twitter, so he's actually uh, avoiding all the, the mess that comes with Twitter and social media. But that is Colt Clifford. Colt, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. But uh, before we get too much into Colt, because um, no one cares about him, uh, Ryan, how are you doing? Sorry, I, I had to hit yes to consent to recording. I was behind on that, but I'm doing consent well. Consent is important. You have to make Absol- sure you, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing well. I, I went to Target the other day because I had to get Finn some cat food, and they had this really nice house. It was like Halloween theme. I was like, that's a little early for Halloween, but I think Finn will like this. You know, it was two floors and a bunch of like scratch boards in it and like all these like doors and everything. I was like, he's going to love it. So I got it home, built it. He's sleeping on it, playing on it, loves it. It took him two days to break it. Uh, so geez. now he doesn't have a house anymore. And I'm probably going to have to go buy the freaking dog house because he's a monster. <laughs> it just it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> we haven't gotten a Finn update in quite a while. It seemed like early pandemic days, uh, you know, you were having to literally talk him off the ledge because he was so suicidal and jumping, <laughs> jumping off the balcony. And, and now he's breaking, you know, Halloween presents because he's just so rambunctious. Well, he, he jumped off again recently. Um, like he, he literally like he came sprinting up the stairs and he just jumped. I don't really know what his plan was, but he missed the railing and went over and I went down. I just stared at him. I was like, did you learn your lesson? And then he like went back to playing and he hasn't jumped since. So maybe he's learned his lesson. I don't know. Probably not. I'm sure he'll jump again. He's a freaking, <laughs> he's a maniac. <laughs> you know, the vine of the kid who's running around and it's like, what do you have? A knife. No. <laughs> like that's how I view Finn. <laughs> Just running around with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps. He's so adorable. Then he's awake and it's just pure violence 24 seven. It sounds like you. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. He, adorable, he adorable when you sleep. A violent. <laughs> He's taking after his human. <laughs> Colt, you got any pets? Nope. 
sorry. <laughs> Scintillating content there from Colt. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to treat this like more of a round table. Um, Amanda's not here, like I said. So mom's gone. The kids will play. Um, and we're just going to kind of, I was going to say something, but we're just going to talk about the Nats, talk about our, our viewpoints. It's been a couple of weeks since our, our latest round table. It's a pretty interesting series that just um, finished up today, a five game series against the Mets. Uh, Nats won two of five, which is probably more than anyone expected. Uh, definitely some headlines in there. I mean, you have a full week's worth of games in one series. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about some more MLB uh, related news. There's a lot of great playoff races to uh, to keep an eye on. A lot of great series concluded over the weekend, but also more to watch uh, this week. So we'll talk about those as well. Maybe some awards discussions and whatnot. But yeah, we're just going to sort of fly by the seat of our pants and see where the, the conversation takes us. But uh, Colt, why don't you talk about some of the, the stuff you've been um, po- posting on our website, but also some of the stuff you're just kind of watching around for baseball. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I've been doing some posting of the playoff races. Uh, this past weekend, we had a fantastic race in uh, for the NL West, the Dodgers and the Giants are going head we're going head to head and it was uh, a pretty fun series especially friday night friday night was a bit uh back and forth it went into extra innings it ended about 2 15 a.m out here on the east coast um but it was worth staying up for the other two games not quite as exciting um the giants came out with uh interestingly enough uh they they went to, with their bullpen games um both saturday and sunday and those were the two games or uh, they were able to win the Sunday game, lose the Saturday game. But um, they actually uh, beat up Walker Bueller. His worst start of the year came on Sunday, and I think he gave up five or six runs. And I uh, I had a bet on on Walker Bueller to have eight strikeouts and uh, the Dodgers to win, and it did not go well. Um, but yeah, that was that's great. We've also got uh, playoff series all around the place. AL East this week. Uh, I posted an article this morning previewing the games and it's particularly uh i believe the four series that i mentioned people should watch was all in the american league uh the rays are taking on the uh red Sox, and that was a crazy game today and the astros are facing the mariners right now and then the blue jays beat the yankees so a lot of good stuff going on and that's what we're we're, we're getting some more baseball uh mlb centric uh stuff with the nationals not being as good uh lately yeah but that's also kind of the, at least for me, I can only speak personally. This time of year, you tend to shift focus towards other teams because you get the sense that your team will not be playing significant October baseball and uh, doesn't mean you can't be invested in, in the playoffs because obviously every year we get amazing playoff games, amazing playoff runs or comebacks or performances or whatever it may be like last year it was randy rosarena and obviously you know the dodgers coming back from 3-1 versus the braves and, and the expanded playoffs and whatnot so this year we're kind of looking for those storylines so definitely appreciate you kind of highlighting those and bringing some attention to some of the series that people can get uh, invested in and if you have mlb.tv chances are the games won't be blacked out unlike your nats game so you yep. have uh, another reason to watch them but ryan i want to sh- oh go ahead go ahead Cole. i was gonna say and in those articles we are posting when they're on national broadcasts oh there so, you go yeah so Thorough. if you don't have mlb tv 
we'll have what uh, the national broadcast list is for that week. Perfect. Um, but Ryan, I want to shift the conversation to you because you, you mentioned it early. You doubled down on it uh, about the halfway point. So uh, July, early July. And then I saw you tweet about it uh, yesterday, today. I want to get your thoughts on the Giants because I know you're not changing your stance. Oh, no, I don't change. <laughs> uh, are, are they a, a legit contender? I mean, they've won what? At, they've won 10 of the 19. So they're 10 to 9 against the Dodgers this year. So they go toe to toe with the Dodgers every single time out. Won this past series over the weekend. One game lead uh, in the NOS right now. Are they legitimate contenders? Because it looks like they're going to be in October, but can they actually contend? <laughs> No, they're not good. Like, it just, <laughs> just look at their lineup. Wilmer Flores bats fourth. Like, they shouldn't be good. You look at their roster and you're like, that's not a good roster. And everyone's doing the stupid old, oh, you don't need stars. Look at the 2019 Nationals. First of all, 2019 Nationals only was, had stars. <laughs> yeah, they had quite a few stars on that team. But you need stars to win. Like you don't need to have like 50 stars like the Dodgers do, but the Dodgers couldn't get over that hump to win the world series until they brought in that superstar and Mookie Betts giants. They go out and get a star and get Chris Bryant. I don't think Chris Bryant is enough. Giants are cheating. It's the only, it's like only statement or just any type of thing that makes sense for why they're this good. Cause if you look at that roster, it's not a good roster, but they, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Like they shouldn't be winning this many games. The roster does not add up to the record and I refuse it. They'll probably like, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they'll get past the Dodgers in the NLDS just because facing Bueller, um, Max, Kershaw or Urias is just absolutely absurd in the five game series. Yeah. It's just absurd, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm sticking on, they're either cheating, but they're not legit. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I'm dying on this. They would also, the Dodgers, that is, would also have David Price and Danny Duffy to kind of flex in situations as needed. And I, those are just two two of them. Absurd. But they're just incredibly deep pitching. So and that's, yeah, that's after losing Dustin May for the year and right. Gonsolin's been out. And yeah, it's right. absurd. Uh, Colt, do you put any stock into the Giants organization? Because it, it, it's been a little bit. Uh, since they obviously won their last World Series, what was it, 2014 was the last yeah. one? Yep, 2014. So, so it, it's been seven years now, but this is an organization that knows how to win. I don't think any of those Giants teams, if memory serves correctly, none of them were the best team in baseball, but they got hot at the right time, and obviously they ended up being the best team in baseball because they, they won the freaking World Series. But do you put stock into that? in attribute it to this team that they might not be the best team on paper in baseball, but they can perform like it because of some organizational um, mantra or attitude or development, whatever you want to call it. Do you put any stock into that? Yeah. I mean, their organization is really good. Um, and Kapler as a manager is, has learned from what happened in Philadelphia and he he looks like he's doing really really well um, there, but surprisingly, I'm, I'm yeah I'm with I'm with Ryan the the roster is is not great they they are over overly reliant on the home run which um, does not typically bode well in October um, 
but they don't it's it's funny they they don't have anybody i think they're uh team leader in home runs has 21 despite leading the league in home runs they're also overly reliant on guys like kevin gossman um uh, alex wood anthony uh yeah i was always stumble over his name uh and and those guys don't have a proven track record in october or even in the regular season though some of them are having outstanding years and and again that bullpen's not super shut down either so you know, I, I'm with Ryan on this one. They seem to be able to to win, keep winning. They keep finding ways to win, but because of how reliant they are on the home run ball, I think that's going to come up um, as a problem in October when they rely so much on scoring from the home run ball, and then it's going to get cold, and they're not going to be able to do that, especially when they're facing, you know, potentially the Dodgers uh, ace, or if they're, you know, if they're facing the Padres uh, in the wild card, if, if the Dodgers beat him out, it's yeah. But the organization, it, it, they're doing a good job considering that farm system has traditionally been pretty bad since that world series run. So whatever they're doing in terms of, you know, no one thought they'd be here in capital is going to win manager of the year, regardless of what happens here on out. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Um, especially about Kapler that he probably is trying to go through the t- other teams in my head probably is a lock for NL manager of the year, unless barring a complete September collapse, but the other candidates who Jace Tingler, I mean, if the Padres don't make the playoffs, he's not winning. Uh, Luis Rojas, same thing with the Mets. If they don't make the playoffs they're he's not winning. Maybe uh Snitker, but the NL East is so bad. I feel like you would have to give it to, to Tingler. Yeah, but who who had the or Giants with a winning who who had the Giants with a winning record, much less leading the division most of the year? Exactly. So I as they're cheating. Is, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the that's the next point I was going to bring up because obviously we've seen that multiple times. Everyone wants to point to the Astros, like saying, "Hey, you know they are the epitome of cheating. All of them are cheaters. The rest of the league is clean. They besmirched the game that is baseball." Da 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 da. When the reality is. Everyone is cheating. That's just the, the way the game goes. Look at the sticky that's, stuff. Yeah, look, that's look, baseball. Baseball. That's baseball. Just yeah, baseball. If there's not a cheating scandal going on, it's not baseball. Right. I exactly. Mean, just yeah. So I mean, yeah. Look at the sticky stuff. Look how many pitchers were up in arms when MLB cracked down on sticky stuff. And like, I don't, I don't even consider sticky stuff cheating, uh, in, in my opinion, because that that was such an accepted uh happening in the game whereas like if like when the the astros started cheating right when they you know started banging on trash cans all this stuff players spoke up they're like hey you know that that's we can kind of tell you're cheating whereas with sticky stuff everyone knew for years and years and years and years that everyone that people are using pine tar or sunscreen and rosin or some sort of spider tack or whatever and it wasn't until you know, they kind of got excessive with the spider tack and other mixtures that MLB decided to crack down on it and, and whatnot. But um, point being, teams are cheating. If you're not trying to get a competitive edge, you're just failing as an organization or you just don't care, but both you're equally as guilty. So uh, with the Giants, I mean, we can't sit here and say they're cheating. I know Ryan will because he has, uh, I guess, money or his firstborn child down on the giants, not being legitimate, but we can't, I dare this to push. <laughs> um, we can't sit here and say they're cheating, but 
would anyone be shocked? Don't think so. Probably not. I think the biggest takeaway from this is that if the, the Giants being good and say they do go on a little run in October with Gabe Kapler just shows how deeply inept the Phillies are. That's um, a great point. Because, <laughs> like, Joe Girardi was a pretty good manager in New York. Like, yeah, those rosters were absurd, but, like, the man won. Right. Like Joe Girardi is like regarded as a fantastic manager, goes to Philly. Everyone hates him now, thinks he sucks. Gabe Kapler immediately leaves, wins. It's kind of going to be like when people go to the Washington football team, doesn't matter as long as Dan Snyder's there, people aren't going to win. There's something with Philly that like doesn't mesh up where these people just aren't winning there. Cause Nick Pavetta took a shot at them when he left on national television. Like there's something there. And it just shows that the Phillies suck. It's even funnier. I'm okay with that. <laughs> this is true. Although we've had some uh, players take shots after leaving the Nats. <laughs> so we can't really be too much on our high horse, but it's more fun making uh, fun of Phillies fans because they haven't been above 500 in like 10 years and they probably won't be above 500 this year. But uh, yeah, I do want to shift the conversation to kind of our division. It It, it seems like, not that anyone is surprised, but it seems like it's the Braves division to lose. Do you guys have any, I won't, I won't say faith, but do you have any expectation or could you see, I guess it's really the Phillies leapfrogging the Braves into taking the vision or is it, is it the Braves? It's for me, it's gotta be the Braves. The, the other, we've seen a bunch of the other teams. They're just so, the whole division is just so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's got to be the Braves. They've gotten some guys healthy. They've um, made some moves to replace uh, certain pieces in their outfield. Um, but I mean, it's their first. Uh, all four of their guys in the infield have uh, twenty-five plus home runs, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, it's got to be the Braves. The Phillies—they—they they just don't have enough. And then the Mets—we just saw the Mets for five games, and they could have easily been swept by us, just as easily as they could have swept us. It's—it it felt oddly even mm-hmm. um, between the two teams this weekend. So I think it's got to be Atlanta. Yeah, and Ryan, yeah. I assume you're in the same boat. Um, the only thing the Phillies have for them is they have one of the easiest schedules in baseball, but they don't play the Nats anymore. And the Nats are probably going to decide this division. Everyone's like the Marlins. The Nats are worse than the Marlins right now. The Nats are God awful. And the Phillies can't beat the Marlins. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that the Braves have the most remaining with the Nats left. Um, so like that's probably going to decide it. The Phillies are just missing something. They're only game and a half back right now, but I just don't see a way how they get in. You know what I mean? Like, and the Braves have all the home runs in the infield. That's really impressive. That doesn't equal talent. Like Adam Duvall has 29 home runs, but his WRC plus is a hundred. Like he sucks, but he has 29 home runs. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's the Braves and they're going to get absolutely whacked by the Brewers in the first round. Which any of these teams would, whoever wins this godforsaken division, honestly. <laughs> that that Brewers pitching staff is just speaking so of big. unfair, oh my god. <laughs> In a five game series, they had to go up against that rotation. Yeah, because I mean they have Woodruff and Burns off the top, and then they have Peralta. Uh who's their four and five? Do we know? It it won't matter because they won't need a four and five against the Braves. Well, that's yeah. true, because it is a five game set. 
to, you know. Th- yeah, well, I was just going to say they'll sweep them. Well, I'm just saying like best of five. You you can <laughs> yeah, get, yeah, you can yeah. get away with with three people. Yeah, or, we did. Uh, th- three three pitchers. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. It, it is the Braves. Uh, I had the Braves at the beginning of the year. It looked a little iffy in the middle of the year, but no one was going pulling away with the division. And uh, like Colt just said, with the Mets, it was something I talked about with the Nats pre-deadline and obviously pre-fire sale was that the the series that came up throughout the tough stretches of baseball, right? So if we had a weekend series against the Marlins in between a series against the Dodgers and the Braves or something like that. That weekend series of the Marlins was really where you needed to set the tone and build momentum. And the Natchez could never do that. It seemed like, yeah, maybe they went two or three, but more often than not, they won one of three or got swept and obviously came to a head against the Orioles. <laughs> like it was pretty much um, signed, sealed and delivered when we got swept by the Orioles. I was pretty much as clear cut a sign as you could get. And with the Mets, it was the roles reversed where the Mets needed to sweep the Nats because by all accounts, the Nats are the inferior team and the Mets, like Colt just said, easily could have gotten swept. A lot of the team or excuse me, a lot of the games were close. The the Nats were fighting. They didn't have some of the best performances uh, pitching wise. And that's obviously been a problem. Worst bullpen ERA in baseball since the deadline and worst starter in baseball with Patrick Corbin and Josiah Gray's been rocked a couple of times. And we have uh, what's Josh Rogers and Sean Nolan and people like that starting games for us. So the Mets needed to sweep and they couldn't do it. So it, it's pretty much, it's more of an indictment on the Mets than it is anything against the Nats. Like no one's really expecting the Nats to come out here and win games. And not that's a bad thing. Embrace the tank all you want. It helps us in the long run. But well, and as embarrassing as the Nationals have been playing at times, they keep fighting and they keep, you know, making the game at least victories. At least, at least watchable. I'm not saying moral victory. I'm saying for as a as somebody who ha- you know will be watching them. At least it's you know they're the games are watchable, not necessarily the Nationals, but the games are watchable. <laughs> I always like when I see people be like, if you want to take away something, this team fights. They're not getting blown out. Like they're still losing. Those are more victories. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm it's not, just, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I'm not saying like, yeah, at least they're fight. I'm saying at least they're fighting for our benefit because otherwise the games are a little bit more boring. Yeah. Like you're, you're still appreciative of it, but at the same time, and I know Ryan's in that, but I don't know where you kind of fall on this cult, but Losing games is just not the worst thing in the world. Is by far the not the worst thing that happened. As long as everyone stays healthy, and we're getting good reps and good experience, and no one's sucking too bad. Like if Luis Garcia was like severely struggling, or Carter Keeman was really struggling, then obviously you know we have something to talk about. But if they're getting good reps, good valuable experience, obviously Carter Keeman had his first walk off hit today. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's, what's nice is, yeah, is you've got Josiah Gray. He can struggle a little bit. It's no big deal because we're, he's going to keep getting this major league experience. He's going to get, go, go back out, um, out there in a couple days and he'll, he's, he's on the job training. You know, there's no pressure. Carter Keyboom, It doesn't look as bad as we once thought he he's showing flashes. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue to get a chance to develop day in and day out at a major league level. Cause we already know he can hit at the triple a level. There's no point in sending him back to triple a 
other than to get him off the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and uh, on, on the injury note, I, I will say so. Uh, have, has it been established if it's Key Bear or Kai Bear or K Bear? Does anyone know? That's a good question. I'm just. I, gonna... I, I thought it was Kai Bear. Okay, so it is Kai because I've heard K Bear. The first thing I heard was Key Bear, and then I've heard. What did you just say? Kai Bear? Kai Bear? I could be wrong. But now, I, could, I, like, I thought really that's what you said. I, I, all right. I need to find the video <laughs> where he says it and rewatch it. So he says Kai Bear, but when yeah, someone, broke it, someone broke it down phonetically, it, they said Key Bear. But then I see people tweeting like the letter K and then bear, like the bear emoji. So I don't know. But that. I'm just, just go off what the man said. Yeah. So Kai Bear. All right. So yeah, Kai yeah. Bear. Kyber, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Ruiz. That that works too. So Kyber Ruiz, Ruiz, catcher, number what 13, 19 prospect in baseball, depending on what you're looking at. Called up the other other week, so he's day to day left bone bruise, a uh, left knee bone bruise. Excuse me. So fell the ball off his knee on Saturday. Uh, I he got treatment today, and then they'll evaluate him going into the series versus the Braves tomorrow, I guess today, if you're listening to this. So he's day to day. Thankfully doesn't seem like anything too serious, but silver lining, not wishing anything, obviously ill uh, on Kai bear. God, that's going to take some getting used to on Kai bear, but we do have Riley Adams and the benefit is Riley Adams gets to play every day. Granted Alex Avila played today, but you have him active and whatever, but just worth noting, and uh, not that we have to spend too much time on this, Harada Paro is placed in the 10-day IL, which felt like it was more... He hasn't been playing, so how does he have left knee or right knee inflammation? I don't know. seemed like more he of a... He doesn't. They just need the roster spot. Yeah, exactly. That That's what, kind of where I was getting at. Um, but speaking of the Nats, we can kind of transition more into that. Ryan, I, I know you said that you don't put much stock into how this not how this team plays, but the the moral victories, so to speak, like the the close losses. And we're kind of seeing something similar to last year where obviously shortened season, you had so many teams vying for like a top five pick within a, a small range, right? If the Nats had lost like one or two more games, they would have had, you know, six pick as opposed to 11. Granted, it all worked out, but you, you see how these September games can impact teams and more than just playoff races. So I know you don't put a lot, a lot of stock into moral victories, but is there anything you're seeing from the Nats, I guess, opposed to the losses that's exciting you or getting you pumped about the future? Um, <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, it's just, it's just individual performances. Like, I still I still think Lane Thomas is at best a fourth outfielder. I think Riley Adams is at best a backup catcher. I feel like this team is overplaying right now. They're still losing, but they're playing above their means as a lineup. Um, this team does have a lot of issues, which is fine, but I'm excited about Gray. I think Gray is going to be a two. Um, he's a top in the rotation guy, and 
when you look at like the breakdown rotations, you have your dogs. Those are Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGroms. I feel like I don't really need to explain that. You have mm-hmm. your dogs and you have your aces. You need aces. more dogs. I don't, know more any, dogs. <laughs> I don't know if anyone got that reference, but I'm a Coastal Carolina alum. So that's a very vi- near and dear video to my heart. Um, and then you have your aces. Aces are like Walker Buehlers. And then you have the top end rotation guys, Lance Lynn. Aces and top end rotation guy, they can both be ones, but they're not your dogs. You're not going to feel exactly the same when they're in your rotation. So there's dogs, aces, top end rotation guys, middle, back end. I think Gray honestly pans out as a top end rotation guy. Those are guys like Lance Lynn. Those are people you're going to feel comfortable about being your two. If they're your one, that's fine. And you're going to be comfortable about that. So I'm really excited about Gray. I like, I know he struggled his last couple outings. I don't care about that at all. It's his ninth major league outing. Like he, that he, happens. <laughs> and he may have been tipping pitches in one of the games in the, in the this latest yeah, Mets game. Um, yeah. Uh, Marcus Stroman was talking to him pregame and he was like walking through something with him. So like 99.9% sure he was tipping his pitches and like Marcus Stroman like went to go talk to him and was like, Hey man, here's what you can do to prevent that. So, I mean, that's great. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, Cardi Keboom, again, he's taking a big step forward. I don't think he's a defensive third baseman, but there's some exciting young guys on this team and Gray's leading the pack in that with um, Keboom. Garcia, I think he's not ready, but I'm actually excited about Cardi Keboom now, which is the first time ever because he's, I, he's, yeah, I feel like I don't need to explain that one. He's been pretty bad. I, yeah, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty obvious he's not a, a defensive third baseman, so I'm not sure why he doesn't get more time at second. Be, uh, see, I I don't know. Second base isn't that tough of a position. Trey has struggled with it somehow. Like, if you play shortstop, you play second base. Right. Like, um, I don't know. I just feel like since he's so young, they're just going to leave him at third because he'll I don't know if they – he'll, he'll figure out also, but then if they move him, they have to address short and third. And you have to do that both positions out of house. That's rather expensive. And you have a lot of holes. I don't know if they want to do that. So I think they're just going to take the pray and hope he figures it out. Or if he doesn't figure it out, his offense becomes good enough or his defense doesn't matter. He's obviously not there right now, but he's young. Things can happen with both ends. Yep. Absolutely. And just to, to touch on Gray, obviously it was his worst start at the Nats. Before the, I guess really the last two starts, it was really the the long ball that was hurting him, but it was just a long ball. So there wasn't typically anyone on base. So he would go five, give up two on two solo shots, but he was still being competitive. And now it's a mix of, yeah, he's still giving up long balls, but he this past outing, he just didn't have his stuff in. Uh, I think he definitely was tipping his pitches and credit to Marcus Stroman and just, you know, I I respect him for that going to the young guy and saying, Hey, this is what you're doing. This is what I do to kind of prevent that. And even the the best of the best tip pitches from time to time, it's something you really need to be mindful of as a pitcher. And as a pitcher, you have so much to be mindful of already. It's easy to kind of, forget some things from time to time especially in the middle of a game when you're you're having to focus on the the outcome so much people forget that in the world series steven strasberg was tipping his pitches and they made an adjustment i believe it was after the first inning and then he went yep and, and dealt so it's not just like this happens with young guys this happens with established top tier level guys too and it's something Darvish has been tipping pitches throughout his career yep so this isn't 
an indictment on Gray's ability. It doesn't mean he's oh he's a bust. Uh, I I that was the thing that really pissed me off the most. And I, I've been tweeting less and less. And Cole, I, I applaud you for just not being on Twitter at all. But the the amount of oh Gray is a bust. Uh, we should have traded Max. But the people that are actually being serious about it. Right, because there, there's the trolls and people who say, "Oh, Gray is bleh or whatever." I'm like, "All right, whatever." But the people who are legitimately being serious about it, and you see them replying to all all our tweets and all the the reporters' tweets and on stuff like that, saying Gray sucks. It just they don't to borrow a phrase. They don't know ball. Like they they don't know what's going on. These pitchers take a while to develop. I mean, Jacob Degrom like didn't have his. Uh, top tier level year until what he was like 28, maybe I don't something know. like that. 31, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe even like later, right? And uh, Max Scherzer won his first Cy Young at age 30. Does that yeah. mean uh, that's yeah? So it's just like some it takes longer. Gray is what, yeah, Max, Max had a really bad ERA in Arizona when he first came up, he was not, he was struggling and then he got to Detroit in a trade and still hadn't quite developed and then he just suddenly put it all together that's sometimes how it works DC. yeah I mean I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Nick because pitchers are different hitters can come into the league from day one and be very good example you know Juan Soto Wander Franco those guys are absolutely killing it what they've been doing it pitchers take a very long time and the reason for that is most pitchers when they come up they have two solid pitches it's hard to be very very successful with only two pitches you need to get that third once pitchers develop that third consistently that's when they take the next step chris sale developed a changeup, and we see him he's taking the next step once guys get that third pitch they take that next step and it takes a while like like we just talked about, Max became, Max was good in Detroit, became great in D.C. Jacob deGrom, you know, he had his issues. He was good. And all of a sudden, he became a god at age 31. Pitchers take a little while, and they're a lot different. You have to look at them in a different lens than you do position player prospects. Exactly. It just, And that's something we've been mentioning. It seems like to end every single episode, like give these young guys room to breathe. Like they're not going to be – Max Scherzer, they're not going to be Trey Turner. Maybe not ever, but certainly not right now. So give them a, a freaking chance to just grow with the team. Like there's no, there's no pressure. We talk about pressure-free, expectation-free baseball for the past month now. Like let the players feel that too. They, and I, whether they want to admit it or not, they see all the comments. They they know what the general perception of them is in the fan base. And, and some people can just brush it off, but some people it affects them. And who who knows what how it might impact their game? But like, let them breathe. Holy hell! I was going to say, I think that's what Keyboom needed is that no pressure for a bit to learn the major leagues at a level where he's not getting the pressure. Because with him, it seemed like so much of it was mental. And the lack of confidence and now, you know, and the pressure of replacing Anthony Rendon or, you know, being the third baseman when everyone wants Chris Bryant or something. Right. And yeah, that, that was something I brought up with Keepum as well, because he, he was expected to be Anthony Rendon's replacement for a World Series winning team coming off a of World Series, nevertheless, or nonetheless, whatever the saying is. He was expected to slide into that role and be a top three NL MVP caliber player, which just is just not fair. It's not fair. And 
he he stunk. Like, let's be honest, he stunk. And oh there, yeah. There, there was a reason the perception of him was what it was. But credit to him where it's due. And Ryan said, if you can change Ryan's mind on a player, you're that's like that's God level. <laughs> like that that that's no <laughs> small feat. And Keyboom did that. He he you know put his head down. He got to work. He accepted his quote unquote demotion to AAA even though you know the team was really counting on him he, he pretty much lost the faith of the front office and maybe even the the, the um coaching staff and he, he put his head down and he got it right yeah he still has room to go but that that's just one example colt like you said of just the expectation free baseball allowing these room these uh players room to grow and it's it's what we really need because obviously there's more young guys than we're, we're typically used to. Um, but Cole, is there uh, any other young guys that you're kind of like keeping an eye on for the last month of the season? You know, it's, it's uh, the guys we've kind of already talked about. And then Mason Thompson. That's an interesting, has, we haven't talked about him yeah. a lot. Yeah. He struggled as of late, but he's got that. He reminds me of, uh, similar to the way we're looking at him, the way we're thinking of him to Tanner Rainey from a couple of years ago, where some people think he could be a future closer when we got him for Daniel Hudson. You know, uh, I think a lot of people were thinking that and he struggled a little bit as of late, but he's got some stuff. Yeah. He reminds me of Blake Trinan. Um, just very similar builds and what pitches they yeah. have. They have a 98 mile an hour sinker and, and whatnot. Uh, but, Typically, while it, for those that remember trying to stay with the Nats, like he had a one, uh, one great year where he, I think it was like a two one ERA over like seventy appearances or something like that. It was just phenomenal stuff. And then the next year, which was in, inevitably the year he got traded, he had like a five and a half ERA. It was and, also the year that we put him as a as a closer. Right. Right. And some pitchers can't do it and some pitchers just need a little bit more time before they're able to close. It's obviously a high leverage situation, but then of course, immediately post trade with the A's who are notorious for their pitching development, make Blake Trinan one of the best relievers in the game. And he's dealt with some he injuries. Was, he was, yeah, he was the best reliever. Well, that year. Yes. 20, he certainly in was. 20, in, yeah. In 2018. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, what year was that trade? 2016. Um, 2017. 2017 so it took a couple years but again that just to kind of bring this full circle you got to allow someone like Blake Trinan years to kind of settle into who he can fully be and if Blake Trinan I don't know how old he is or was at that time but for someone who, who with a little bit more MLB experience you're still needing to let them room to grow you're going to need freaking rookies who are who just made their debut a month ago time to grow you're going to need to let them have seasons to grow, not just the month of September. Like we're talking years where they're really going to need to work in order to become who they can fully be. And that's why Ryan keeps saying 2023 is optimistic for this team to compete. And it's not because they can't ever do it. It's not because they're not talented enough to do it, but for a team, not just a certain player, not one single player, but for a team of young players to fulfill their their expectations or, or reach their uh you know best ability or whatever it takes years it's not just a, a, an overnight thing 
That's why Ryan keeps saying it as cynical as Ryan likes to be. He has a point. <laughs> and that's kind of like why we need to get in this mindset now of let these players play, just enjoy the ride. Yeah. You're probably not going to be winning as much as you like and not be playing October baseball, but it's all going to work out in the end. I mean, we, I assume we all like the direction this, this franchise is going. I mean, we, we know I do. I was, I was saying from for a long time, they need to sell. I knew, I mean, I said, even before the season, they made the movies they did to sell. So we all know I like the direction the franchise is going. There's still more work that needs to be done, but it was a fantastic, great step. And like, of course, people are going to have a hard time with it and get frustrated and everything, but it's by far the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I Now I want to shift to kind of back to general MLB. So we're, we're riding away. But before we do that, we got to hear from our sponsors at manscaped fellas you know what time it is gotta hear from manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming it is well i guess it's sort of back to school i'm gonna do a different one we're gonna talk fantasy football we had a fantasy football draft tonight colt was involved in it it was just a, a half street high heat one so i'm gonna do the fantasy football read Fantasy football draft season is upon us, and it's time for you to put the PP back in PPR League with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming just launched the Performance Package 4.0. Fellas, don't neglect your your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff, which is Thursday, by the way, so two days by the time you're listening to this. Get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using our promo code HSHH20. Gets you 20% off and free shipping. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. I sure hope it is not a Troy Palomalu in your pants, but this will help you if that's what it is. And if you groom below the waist, the Performance Package 4.0 is an essential purchase. This, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 the Weed Whacker, which is their ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver, which is a ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, which is awesome. And you get performance boxer briefs and a travel bag that they will throw in for free. So you get, how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, six things that are all high quality for the normal price, but 20% off that and free shipping. So there's absolutely no reason not to do it. So go to manscaped.com, use our promo code, again, HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping. All right, so to kind of get back to our, our baseball talk, as it stands right now, we're recording on Monday night, Labor Day, we have some exciting prospects for what uh, the playoff um, matchups would be. Specifically, the two wildcard games would be absolutely electric. If you haven't looked at the standings lately, we have the Red Sox at the Yankees and the Padres at the Dodgers. As it stands right now, you have the Reds and Phillies uh, within two games of the Padres for the second wildcard spot. And then you, uh, you have the Mariners. I don't know if anyone else is. I mean, I guess technically the Blue Jays. Although, yeah, let's get some love to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are three games back of Boston. The uh, A's are three and a half back of Boston. 
So you have a couple of teams in contention or outside the bubble, but still in contention. But as it stands right now, I feel like me personally, this is how I would want the playoffs to be, specifically the wildcard games. Give me Yankees, Red Sox. Give me Dodgers, Padres. A one-game playoff? Absolutely. I love this so much because you got two rather bitter rivals. I, I know the Dodger fans don't admit that the Padres are a rival. They but 100% are. They're 100% rival. There's no no good feelings towards each other. Yankees, Red Sox do not have to explain that one. If that is in um, Yankee Stadium, that is going to be one of the most like hostile like crowds we're going to see in a long time. Like Everyone knows how New York fans are. Add oh, in yeah. a do-or-die elimination game against the Red Sox. That's going to be fun. I mean, Max Scherzer, um, you Darvish or Blake Snell on the mound, Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, big name after big name would be unreal and absolute rating wins for baseball. The thing about those matchups too is if the Yankees and Dodgers lost, MLB wouldn't find a way to change the format because they still get the Padres and then the, uh, the Red Sox in the playoffs. But like I saw someone point this out. If the Reds make the playoffs in the wild card and beat the Dodgers, MLB is 100% changing the wild card format. Um, but yeah, I really want these wild card matchups to happen because it would be so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's my first choice as well. If I'm get, being given the option, those, yeah, that would be my ideal matchups. I won't be mad if the Mariners snap their 20 year streak of missing the playoffs and i won't be mad if the blue jays because the blue jays are just a really exciting team to watch uh it'd be cool to see them in the playoffs but the reds eh, the a's eh, you know um so but yeah the red Sox, yankees and and padres dodgers the stuff dreams is dreams are made of i'm gonna rebuttal your mariners argument there uh first of all they're not my team so I don't care if they miss the playoffs again, um, but I wouldn't necessarily want them to make the playoffs, specifically the wild card game, because they don't have the the ace that I'm excited to see, right? Like the the Blue Jays, at least they have Jose Barrios, who's pretty exciting to watch. They have Robbie Ray, who's uh, a low key Cy Young candidate in the AL, um, who's another team you mentioned, uh, like. The A's, they're a little bit better, but it, it's it was always boring for me to watch them in the wildcard game because that one year they literally tried to bullpen the game and they got yep. smoked. It's just like, I, I want the aces. I want, it, it, this is a game seven, right? So the game sevens, you should have your aces on the mound. Uh, so I'll do respect to him. I don't want to see you, you say Kikuchi on, on the mound for the Mariners in the wildcard game. I just, I don't know. Oh, he was, he's, He's he, 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 oh, oh, did he pitch tonight? But he, like, uh, it, he, he had four walks in the first two innings. Oh, God. But is he their ace? Like, would he go in a wild card game? If so, I, think I, so. I, I don't want it. Give me Garrett Cole, Chris Sale. Don't take that from me. That's what I was about to ask is would you, if you're the Red Sox, Chris Sale, you know, he's only, he, I think he made his fifth start since returning today. And I think he got lit up. Uh, he did get lit up. Um, do you have him as your, I mean, the Red Sox rotation is so bad. Eduardo Rodriguez is supposed to be, you know, kind of the, the number two and he's been, he's got an ERA over five. So do you go with Chris sale versus Garrett Cole? Cause I still think that's a bit of a mismatch. 
you, um, you, you have to, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, yeah like, the, the, the backup is just not as good. And it's the Yankees. You, you could go big game, Nathan Eovaldi. Right. The Red Sox literally were like, our big addition is getting Chris Sale back for I, the second half in the I playoffs. I hate that mindset. I yeah. hate that mindset. So, like, there is a 99.9% chance they're throwing Chris Sale out here. That's the reason why they brought him in. I mean, the guy closed out, you know, the World Series for them. Right. Like, he's going to pitch again, and it would be really, really fun. Yeah. And, like, um, I would probably pitch Bueller if I was the Dodgers, but – um like a couple hours after they got um, Max Scherzer, they're like, yeah, we traded for him just so the Padres couldn't throw him in the wild card game. I was like, that's the most obnoxious Dodgers thing. I've ever in my life. But, <laughs> but I, really I also respect that. it. See, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing, the thing is too, is I think uh, with the Dodgers, you can see how they're doing. Cause if, if Bueller's, if, if these, this past weekend start against the giants is just a, a blip, which it probably is. Um, I think you can go with him, but you know, the Padres have seen a lot of, of, of Bueller, maybe not as much as Scherzer, and Scherzer, as we saw in the World Series, is able to to grind out uh, win, wins with uh, you he, know w- with subpar stuff. The Padres, you know, kind of reliever hit the grand slam off Max <laughs> last time they saw him. And but the, go ahead, Walker Bueller's big name, like elimination and playoff numbers, are absolutely absurd. That's right. I, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> they I was are there. absolutely <laughs> absurd. Yeah, Nick saw it firsthand. It's, what that it's means like soul crushing. It is soul it's crushing. The, it's, it's the tight pants. But like, it really is. And we've we've seen Max playoff. Max is a adventure to say the least. I was but just gonna bring that up. The wild card game is not the smoothest ride with Max. No, it's not. He is an absolute event. That's right. Yeah. We had Max or uh, not Max Strauss come in in relief and that's who really shut the door. But yeah. that's why I was just I was just with the way Max shoves in times when he, you know, when he's not pitching that well. But yeah, with Bueller's numbers, you, you they should go with them you should absolutely be staying away from Kershaw in a one game playoff. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to start max, especially that's if they don't win the division, just because like he's been a God in LA. Do you see, he almost has a higher war in 40 innings than he did in the first half with the Nats. He's back in the uh, Cy Young conversation. Yeah. Which is like, he, I don't think he gets it because he got traded and that right. like, kind of throws off. Yeah. It's Corbin Burns award to lose, but after Bueller got lit up, Max is literally probably the two right now. Yeah, Scherzer had 13 strikeouts in eight innings, no walks today, one run, and it was it was a questionable call. And yeah, they they beat the Cardinals five one. Yeah, if it were me, if it were my decision, I would go Scherzer in the wild card game for a couple of reasons. One, it if you're going Scherzer or Bueller, you really can't go wrong necessarily. They're both had plenty of arguments for pitching in the wild card game, but I would go Max because then he slotted in your game two, maybe game three in the NLDS. And you know, Max can't, he, he's older now. He can't always go on three days rest. I know I'm sure he will because I, Max is a dog like Ryan talked about earlier. So I'm sure he will, but at least you're giving him kind of more days off. Whereas like Bueller could he's more likely to be able to go on short rest as needed. So if he, you know, has to come in relief in the wildcard game, he could still pitch maybe game one or game two, depending on how much he pitches and stuff like that. So I think you're just set up better if you go Scherzer and if Scherzer throws a gem, then you don't even have to worry about throwing Bueller or Kershaw or 
Urias or anyone else. And you could literally go from Scherzer to, uh, I guess, Jansen. If Jansen's still a closer, I know he's been iffy, but he's been rough. It but, genuinely makes me mad that the Dodgers can throw anyone, anyone. If, if they then, wanted to throw Urias, <laughs> if they wanted to throw Urias in the wild card game, and you're like, okay, like it's, it's the Dodgers, still good. It'll, it'll work out. Literally pisses me off. They throw Bueller, LOL. Giants have to face Max game one. They throw Max, you have to face Bueller. That generally makes me mad. And they could pull, I've said this before, but they can just bring someone up for the playoff rosters never pitch MLB level and he'll have like a zero ear array on the way to winning a world series as a closer. It pisses me <laughs> off. Just... Their, their pitching depth is insane. And all their depth is insane. They have the yeah. most, they have the most NL rookie of the years by like 20. It's absolutely absurd. They pump out talent. I'm going to figure out what they, they cheat. They cheat in the minors. <laughs> well, they went, they <laughs> were good. You thing. cheat. Well, That's it. <laughs> they went, they went out and got Andrew Friedman who was in Tampa. And since they've gotten him, I they've just That's been on another level. Yeah, I so you, you went and so got a make small the correct tires and you do well. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> all the all the teams that like took people from the Rays and went heavy analytics early are just absolute wagons right now. And the teams that didn't are lagging. Analytics wins, man. The nerds always win. The nerds always win, unless you're Billy Bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, he right. used the nerds to his own advantage. So yeah, well done. But, it, but he's never won. So No, that's true. Yeah, he didn't win. <laughs> All right. So of the 10 teams currently, right? So you got Braves, Brewers, Giants, Dodgers, Padres in the NL, and then Rays, White Sox, Astros, Yankees, Red Sox in the AL. Uh, pretty good cast and crew there. Uh, is there a team you definitely don't want to win or a, a team you would like to see win or you're rooting for or whatever? Because uh, I know some, obviously, as Nats fans, the the big conversation amongst Nationals uh, Nation and whatnot is, do you root for the Dodgers because of Trey Turner and Max Scherzer? Some people say yes, some people say no. I'm indifferent. I would like to see them, but I'm not necessarily rooting for the Dodgers. I think there would uh, be other cool ones. But where do, you, where do you guys fall? I have a confession. I actually have, I've, I've had a soft spot for the Dodgers. I've never uh, I've never hated them. I, never, never I love I love Mookie Betts. So but even I, before then, I was just like, yeah, I, I didn't hate them. I'm I I'm a big Clayton Kershaw fan. I always have been. I love Walker Bueller, uh Chris Taylor. Uh those guys. <laughs> Chris Taylor being thrown in that conversation. Yeah. Is <laughs> the, hey, he, he was the he, highlight of he, his career being compared to he, he, he wasn't he, he was an all-star. Oh no, no, no disrespect to Chris Taylor, but like <laughs> no, there, there's uh, tears. Those guys, yeah, those guys, and then they get Max and Trey, and I'm I'm more invested. I'm not I'm not so sure how much I'll root for them, but um, they I've always got a soft spot. I typically root for them if there's not a major underdog. I'm really looking for you know storylines and oh absolutely you know, drama and matchups. Yeah, they're I'm torn. So I honestly like. I would like to see Max and Trey get another ring. Me too. The Dodgers making runs. It's good for baseball. LA market size draws in crowds. Also 60,000 people in the playoff game. It's pretty hype. If they lose, the means would be absolutely remarkable. I would like to see the Padres also going to run. You guys know I love Tatis. Um, the Padres going on the run would be really, really fantastic for baseball because they could put Tatis on a national scale and more people could 
see how special he is. Mm-hmm. There's no one I really don't want to see win. I well, let me rephrase that. I don't want to see Tony Larusa win. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the White Sox are really slept on. It makes me mad because like they're good in spite of him. That roster is so freaking. I good. feel like they're slept on because they've run away with the division. And no oh, for sure. Them. I think that's yeah. why they're slept on. Yeah, like they're really good, and they probably have the well. Cole's going to win because he's in New York, but they have two Cy Young candidates. Um, and I don't want to see the Rays win. I've made my feelings how I feel about their whole system. But yeah, I mean, there's really good storylines. Like they're always there for playoffs. How, and how about this storyline? Dodgers, Astros. Oh, that's I would what, love so it. That's what I was just thinking. And I, I was waiting to see if you guys brought up the Astros. There's a lot of storylines there just beyond the cheating. Um, Dusty Baker getting obviously we know Dusty and we all have our feelings on yeah. Dusty, but he he would be getting a World Series and a shot at the World Series uh, after a very tumultuous um, ascension to not on his part obviously, but just with uh, AJ Hinch being let go. Which by the way, he's doing a great job. He's doing a phenomenal job, <laughs> and he was a hundred percent a fall guy for the Astros, which mm-hmm. com- comes with the position right? You're a manager, you're a quarterback, you're whatever, like some things you just have to own up to, even though it might not necessarily been your doing or your fault or whatever. But AJ Hinch is doing a phenomenal job for the Tigers. I Uh, think he's got them uh, playing for, you know, competing for playoff spot with him. So, oh, I I agree. That farm system is good. And you know how a couple of years ago when the Padres signed Machado and I was like, that's a sign to the fans in the league that they're ready. Right. Uh-huh. They're going to sign Carlos Correa. And that's going to be the same exact thing. They're going to be like, we're a couple of years s- away, but we're ready. I saw your, uh, your, co- you shoot your shot on that. And immediately it clicked. I was like, that makes so much sense because I thought back to the Padres, but also obviously the AJ Hinch, Carlos Correa connection, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know what the relationship is like. I assume there's still going to be some sort of like camaraderie there. If there was some sort of bad blood, I would have assumed we would have heard about it, but yeah, the, the tigers are on the cusp and they all, it's only not necessarily an embarrassment of riches, but they got Jackson Job and uh, Ty Madden just two dominant pitchers in and that's the, on the top of of casey mize Tariq right. Stubel, and uh matt manning and uh don't they have spencer turkelson right is he yep. with them yeah turnbull yep uh no not turnbull oh spencer oh oh, oh, oh uh, turkelson turkelson yep yep yeah uh, third base they've uh they've got riley green in the outfield um they are stacked right in the farm it, system and they have a uh, future nat jonathan scope uh, as well, mashing dingers for them. So, but yeah, back to the Astros. Uh, that that would be, um, you know, obviously a great storyline. And if they can match up with the Dodgers again, that would just make it all the better because you get the Dodgers not only trying yeah. to win, uh, quote unquote, legitimate World Series because there's still fans that say last year wasn't legitimate. I view it as legitimate, but whatever. So they want to win another one an established one or whatever it kind of just silence all doubt but obviously going against the astros there's the bad blood 2017 they were cheating all this stuff which the dodgers probably were too just saying um but that would be and good and, and yep. joe kelly they are with oh, that's right. yeah no like 
you, we all saw how hostile those crowds were both ways. And oh my God, so fun. regular season games add in on the highest stage in the world series. And it will be, it'll be like smackdown in the, in the crowd. Like it'll and, be so much fun and in their home ballparks. Cause remember last year was at globe life. So that's right. Exactly. You get the, obviously you had very limited fans all year or, if if fans at all last year, but you get the the World Series back in the home parks, and it wasn't it wouldn't be as it, it was kind of just off putting seeing the World Series in a kind of neutral venue. It, it was just weird. A warehouse, <laughs> yeah, Globe Life of all places. Um, but for <laughs> me, yeah, I don't want to see the Rays. Uh, I don't want to see the Braves. If I'm like rooting for something, I want to see. It, it would be MLB's worst nightmare, but like. Something uh, along the lines of Brewers White Sox just for the pitching matchups would be awesome. Obviously, the Dodgers and and Padres can do that too. But I I, I like the the teams that kind of come out of nowhere, and I think the Brewers kind of fit that mold. Where the I Giants. feel like we've kind of eh, Giants have eh, nah, no, give me the Brewers. I want the Giants to win just so Ryan um, has to take it. To, to take it um yeah. <laughs> yeah but the giants are still like the giants are big markets like if they do which they won't like i would be fine for it just for that right yeah like i, I don't we, we saw with the the nba finals like it was phoenix and milwaukee and like that kind of hurt the nba finals and not that you know those small market teams doing well is bad for basketball but you know typically you want your your biggest teams on the biggest stage and basketball it's a, it's more okay because basketball doesn't have a marketing problem <laughs> mlb very yeah. much has a marketing problem and a promotional problem with their stars and, and man, mainly their stars so i agree with what both you said like tatis being on the national stage would be awesome the dodgers because of how loaded they are would be awesome yankees red sox obviously good but for me i'm just i'm always going to root for the uh the the storylines pretty much like how good of a story would be to, to see these uh, these teams make it um, that maybe were discounted for one reason or another. But I also agree. I don't want Tony Russo to win because uh, that was just a terrible hire from the start. So we can't. Really- and he's won enough. Um, all right. So last thing I want to talk about is the kind of awards. Uh, Tatis being healthy again, kind of. um really makes it his award to lose there was uh, bryce harper <laughs> so i think it's tatis i, I don't think I've, i don't think bryce can can necessarily catch i've been him. i've been thinking about this for a while i think right now bryce harper is the favorite um because wow. one he's bryce harper and because his numbers the only thing that's going to hurt him is if the padres make the playoffs tatis is going to win in a landslide um, I went back all the way to 1990 and I could not find a year where both MVPs missed the playoffs. Otani is a lock for the, I don't have to explain that. They're not making the playoffs. If the Phillies don't make the playoffs and the Padres do, the fact that MLB is making a huge push to make Tatis the face and them in the playoffs, he'll win it. But if the Padres miss, then Bryce is getting it. That's fair. Colt, I assume you're kind of on the same wavelength. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a shame. It's it's great that Otani's doing so well, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. should be getting a little bit more talk in the MVP. But because of Otani's doing the 
such an incredible thing two ways. It's not he's a lock. He's going to be near you. Isn't that isn't that like so crazy? Vlad Jr. is having an unreal year, and he's not going to get a single first place vote. Right. It's it's bonkers. Yeah, I, I mean, it is bonkers, but at the same time, so is what Shohei Otani is doing. Like, we, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not that either of you were trying to discredit him, but it's just like this is a generational player, but just also a generational season that's just not getting enough. So promotion. so fun, so fun to watch. Yeah, it's just like it's must watch TV because if he's not on the mound, which obviously everyone wants to see, he's hitting another home run to add to his league leading total in home runs. Like, just, uh, yeah, it's that's absurd. What's, that's what's funny. I saw a tweet today and somebody said the uh, the two the two leaders in home runs uh, in Major League Baseball right now. One's a pitcher, one's a catcher. Because Salvi Perez is second. That's in right. Home runs. He, which is still wild to me because when he was in the home run derby, I thought for sure he had like eight home runs going into it. <laughs> he, he was at like 22 at the time. I don't know yeah. what he's at now. Well, uh, traditionally, it's funny. He, he used to be fairly decent defensively, and then he was like a contact guy, and he would only have like eight home runs a year. And now he's terrible defensively, but hits bombs. So... I mean, that, that's the trade-off you make, right? Yeah, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would take terrible defense from Carter Keebum if he's in bombs. Oh, I guess. I just don't understand how that happens. It's not like you made an adjustment offensively and that made you worse defensively. Yeah. Well, we, we can only hope that one of our catchers <laughs> turns into – I would take uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, gold he... glove defender or just a, a top-tier offensive talent in the league. Yeah, he's like, what, a three- or four-time all-star? I think it's even more than that. Oh, because he, he was the starter this year, so I think um, probably six. I would imagine because he was on the the World Series team. That was twenty fifteen. So I would imagine it's probably more than that with all the replacements and and whatnot that that happened. Not that he lucked his way into it. He's obviously a very very good player. Um, but while you're looking that up, uh, so let's see, AL and LVP pretty. I know MVP is going to be one to watch, but it's kind of a two horse race at this point. I know there was talk about kind of like Trey Turner, maybe a Max Muncy, but I, I think it's definitely between Bryce and Tatis, depending on how the playoffs shake out, even though it's supposed to be a regular season award, but you know, your team in the playoffs does obviously help your case. Uh, AL Cy Young, we kind of alluded to it. It's Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Garrett Cole, but Robbie Ray is a dark horse. I don't think he'll get there because you have three kind of deserving-ish pitchers. Ryan, you think Garrett Cole is kind of a lock for it? He shouldn't, but the fact he's also that never he's won in one. New York. Yeah, it's the, the New York bias is going to play into it. I think that's why um, Robbie Ray is not going to win because I don't think they're going to give an award to a guy named Robbie. No offense <laughs> to everyone named Robbie out there. It's the same reason why Max Muncy's not going to win MVP, like, Max Muncie, no, it just doesn't sound right. Um, yeah, that's the reason why it should be one of the White Sox pitchers. But if Cole has a couple another like dominant starts like he had last week, he'll get it. Literally, he went, um, he had his best start of the season. He like accrued like 0.8 war in the start, and he was like three swing and miss misses off the record in one start. And everyone was like, Cy Young, if he has another start like that, he's gonna get it. Yeah, and the problem with the White Sox pitchers is Lance Lynn's currently on the IL, although it was more just like uh, we're going to skip his start in the rotation and give him a day off. 
Um, that was more what it was like. So he'll be back soon. But Carlos Rodon's about to hit the IL again because he's dealing with some shoulder fatigue. So if neither of them are really pitching much in September. And Garrett Cole, like you said, has more of these performances. I do think it's it's going to be Cole's uh, award. Um, and like I said, he's never won one. So it's kind of just like, like, like when Leo DiCaprio won his Oscar, like he didn't really win for that year. It was more like, oh, you, you deserved one uh, in years past, which Garrett Cole probably did. Um, so it's like, okay, here, we'll give you this one. That's kind of how I view it. But Colt, what do you think about the AL Cy Young? I, I agree. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I laid it out perfectly. Yeah. I don't have much to expand on. <laughs> Um, and then NL Cy Young, uh, Ryan alluded to it earlier. It is Corbin Burns, but do you guys like any other? Uh, I mean, we talked about Max as well, Max and Bueller. Um, so do you think it is Corbin Burns to lose, or could you see a legitimate argument for Max Scherzer or even still for Walker Bueller despite this most recent start or anyone else? Uh, Zach Wheeler is going to be in that conversation. Yeah, if the P- Phillies make the playoffs, obviously that. Yeah, Bryce, Zach, and it helps him too. Zach Wheeler's definitely in the conversation as well. I, I forgot about him earlier. Yeah, so did Amanda in our NL East player draft. She yeah, chose, God. And chose Max Fried over him. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be more Bueller's to lose, even with this little blip yesterday. If this is all it is uh, uh, two days ago, if you're listening to it um, on Tuesday. Uh, but, the, the, you know, he's he had an ERA going into that game of uh, almost. It was like 210. Yeah, it was like two. Yeah, it was like two hundred five, two ten, something like that. Insanity. He's got a lot of strikeouts. Um, he's pitching for the best team. His in- ERA right now is a two three one. So like this blip, like we're talking about it, like it was just like a, yeah. a historically bad start. But it it raised his ERA point two. It was to, the first to time one to two three. It was the first time in his career he lost to the Giants. Um, and it was one of a handful of times he's given up that many runs. It was only five runs, by the way. This is not a t- he didn't get blown up for six, seven, eight, nine, ten runs like we see every. Patrick Corbin start um, <laughs> except for today. Uh, but you know, he is just a little blip and it seems to have opened up the Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer conversation. It's opened it up a little bit more just because of one game. But I think, I honestly think it's more Bueller's to lose than it is Corbin Burns is to lose, but it's close. All right. So to split the difference, I'm going to say it's Max Scherzer's to lose. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it is really close though. Like Corbin Burns, He's nine and four with a two, three, eight ERA, a 0.96 whip, uh, 144 innings, which is important when you're talking Cy Youngs. Unfortunately, the voters do weigh wins heavily. I think Zach Greinke is the, uh, obviously aside from last year, but he's the Cy Young award winner with the least amount of wins. I think he had 12 or 13 when he won with the Royals. I so, think. DeGrom won with 10. Yeah. Oh, that's Felix right. Hernandez, I think I think I f- Felix Hernandez had 11. That. I forgot yeah. about that. Okay. He had 10 wins in the, like a one whatever was the RA. <laughs> yeah, th- that that's right. Well, that's because the kind of joke was running around that DeGrom can't get wins, even though he hasn't given up more than like three runs in a start in like 760 days or whatever it was. Um, oh, okay. So, but, so go ahead. I was going to say, by the way, to, to throw back in about Max, uh, ESPN stats and info tweeted out uh, a couple hours ago that uh, his first seven starts for the team, he's one of only four pitchers to throw 60 K and have an ERA below 1.5. The other three Garrett Cole in Houston in 2018, Randy Johnson in Houston in 1998 and Fernando Valenzuela in, of the Dodgers in 1981. So 
pretty yeah. impressive. You know, he hasn't lost since getting to LA. So he, you know, I know we, you just joked about, you know, I, I think it's his to lose, but you know, he's, he's forced his way in there, but I do think the previous him winning previous awards is plays a factor as well. Cause sometimes they don't want to, you have to have an absolutely stellar year for them to, you know, keep giving it to you. If it's close, they're typically going to go with a new recipient. Yeah. Um, but just to plant my flag somewhere, I probably will would guess Walker Bueller wins the award. Two three ERA, like we just mentioned, even after those recent start, he has a 0.94 whip, but he also has the most innings by a sizable amount. He has 35 innings over Max and uh, Burns uh, in that regard, and 13 and three ain't too shabby either. So I do think it's probably he's the front runner right now, but Max and Burns could easily slide right in if Bueller has more of these uh, rough starts, but I'd probably go Walker Bueller right now. But as far as Max goes, and this is kind of a, a logical place to, to, to wrap this conversation, obviously with the feelings still amongst Nats fans on Max Scherzer and the deadline decisions, Max Scherzer might be one of the best deadline acquisitions ever. And not that that's like a hot take, but like, if you think about it, the CC Sabathia trade to the Brewers in, I don't even know what year that was. 2006, 2007, uh, year, whatever year that was. It might have been 2008. 2008. Yeah, because he I signed think. with the Yankees. Yep. Right. Yep. So 2008, he, I don't have those numbers in front of me, uh, but he went on absolutely insane run where the Brewers kind of were on the fringe but then CC Sabathia put him on his back, and I think they made the playoffs that year. Yeah, they did. Do you want the numbers? Oh, go ahead. If you're ready, fire away. All right. He had 17 starts. He went 11 and two with a 1.65 ERA. And yeah, they yeah they made the playoffs. They made a big bump. But so, yeah, so uh, Max won't get to 17 starts, but I mean he has better numbers as of now, obviously could yeah. change. Um, and then there's Randy Johnson. He, he was on so many teams. I think it was 2000 Colt. If you have those numbers, if you know Is what it, I'm talking uh, about, you're talking about him going to the Astros. I think so. For, was it Mariners to Astros? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Which uh, the Mariners needs Mariners need to stop trading with the Astros. Yeah. So he, he went this most recent deadline, but he yeah, made, those he numbers made, are insane. He made 11 starts, went 10 and one with a 1.28 ERA. Yeah. For Houston. But point being, Max Scherzer is obviously firmly in that conversation. We keep wondering when or if Father Time will catch him. And he is just uh, shoving Father Time to the side. Uh, he passed Father Time off to Patrick Corbin. <laughs> then, it just kept it just kept going on his Corbin's way to LA. taking a lot of abuse in this podcast <laughs> and he had a quality start today <laughs> well that's his first one in like three years yeah. max called tom brady and was like yo what do you do and now they're both cyborgs that's why he's gonna keep going they're also both complete psychotics in terms of competitiveness <laughs> oh, for sure <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, if the Dodgers win the World Series, it's definitely in the conversation. Like, John Cueto to the Royals, you have to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, the, Red, the Red Sox game, Jason Veritek, like, those ones are up there, but... Uh, Yoannis Cespedes to the 2015 Mets. Yoannis Cespedes up there as well. Really good ones. Yeah, he's 100% in the conversation, especially within the World Series. Yeah, which leads me to my final point that I want to make, um, is that 
I would I would root for the Dodgers to win because I want Max to win, but I would also want Max to win Cy Young and kind of just really you know irk the, the those Nats fans that aren't happy. I don't like, care. See, this is why we shouldn't have traded for him. Like Max won those games by himself, and the Dodgers rest of the roster had nothing to do with it. I just love watching him pitch, so I would love you know whatever keeps you know him in the playoffs longer. I'm happy with that too. Watching Dave Ro- pitch is nice. Dave Roberts being legitimately afraid of Max Scherzer is one of the funniest. <laughs> oh, um, he like he was like, "Hey, good inning," and like touched him. Max turned. He was like, <laughs> and, like him and like cursed at him. He's like, "Don't have to touch me." <laughs> and like Dave Roberts is used to it because apparently Kershaw is really like that. He doesn't like anyone talking to him when he's pitching. So like really? he's already used to it. But Max is like a little bit above that. It's funny because they seem really chill when they're not starting. I always I love people. Have, I love I love people who have that personality where like they're the chillest person ever. But then you put them in a, a competitive environment, they're just complete monsters. I love it. It's literally how Ryan is. Like he outside of Twitter, nicest guy. Inside Twitter, <laughs> the worst possible persona you can have ever meet. I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> well, can't necessarily blame you because you, you've, you've seen so much of one side that it's hard to convince you otherwise. I'm just, yeah. I'm really good at playing it. That's the problem. <laughs> Where it's now, it's like you kind of lost yourself. <laughs> you, I don't know who you, I am. Who am I? You've method acted so far that you just lost yourself in your role. There is no, <laughs> there is no, are. there is, there is no Ryan. There is only Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, be, I became the Joker. <laughs> he started talking to him about himself in the third person, and those like his parents took him to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, Ryan really no likes his. <laughs> God. Oh man. Well, we did pretty well. We only we, you know, we, it's only just now that we all got the giggles. <laughs> I'm, so, at, I'm at I'm at brunch with Nick just wearing head to toe Shaq stuff and I'm like, Shaq wants a mimosa. <laughs> Shaq wants chicken and waffles. <laughs> Gets handed the bill. Shaq doesn't like to be handed things. Shaq needs someone else to pay. <laughs> Shaq Shaq's going to the bathroom, grabs car and he starts running. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Drives back. Shaq really needed to go to the bathroom, so he's gonna go first. <laughs> oh man! Oh, this this pot has gone off the rails. All right, let's go. Wait, you guys, wait, you guys do brunch? No. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for, for this episode. Uh, we're going to wrap with our one big thing. You guys got anything before we go? Um, I hate brunch. I never go to brunch. We never, ever do brunch. It's just, I, it was just a story. This is so okay. I was method acting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I have a confession. What's your confession, Cole? You're brand new, so I don't know if we can handle any truth bombs. I'm actually not Colt. I'm Monty, and this was the only way I could get on the podcast by pretending to be somebody else and trick you guys into letting me on. I really need to get better about my vetting these new hires. 
It's just <laughs> don't have the most sparkling history <laughs> when it comes to these new hires. Yeah, yeah. It was me all along. <laughs> it was Monty all along. Obviously, if you can tell. You have a very distinct voice, Monty. Do I? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait. Thank you? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you got anything else before we go? No, um, I'm just really excited for playoff baseball. I love September. I love day 162 when it gets here. And I don't know, like the playoffs are going to feel a little bit better because like we're going to have full crowds now again. So that's going to be pretty fun because fans are going to be like a little more amped than they normally are. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And you weren't shocked at all about my confession. Oh, no, I wasn't listening. We can see your name. <laughs> we can see your name on the screen. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I guess I guess I didn't trick anybody. Then. Literally says on the pod five times right there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my so, last thing is kind of just what I talked about before. I am fully invested in these playoff races. I hope the wildcard games as currently... Uh, constructed stay the way they are because that would be awesome awesome but obviously plenty of baseball until then so be sure to check out all of the series going on check out the website all of the great articles monty not colt monty has been publishing ck matt always in on the action as well Uh, i'm diving in dipping my toe back into the uh the riding water this week as well um, so be sure to check out our site at halfstreethighheat.com. Follow the show at Half Street High Heat. Follow all of us. Uh, myself at National Zayas, Ryan at We Are All Shack, and Monty uh, at On the Pod five times. I assume that's going to change here shortly to Just On the Pod six, six times. Uh, yeah, real shocker there. Um, so Monty making a sixth appearance on the podcast now. Doing oh, real so quick, one last cool. question. What's up? You guys uh, want to do brunch next weekend? <laughs> uh, I'm busy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, which I actually am busy. I'm going to, to, <laughs> to the Chargers game. <laughs> hey, no way. Me too. Oh, uh, you want to do I'll brunch go. beforehand? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could squeeze it in. All right, I'm, I'm, le- I'm leaving. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you hated this episode, too bad because Amanda will not be back on Thursday either. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run it back. All right, guys. Until next time, let's go Nats. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.